Hey, listeners, this is The Critic, of course. Just so you know, since there are so many movies coming out around the holidays, we will be releasing three episodes, starting with this one, that are chock full of reviews. Also, we will release even more reviews on our website at whywatchthat.com. This week, our reviews of both Sing and Solace will be released only at whywatchthat.com, so be sure to check them out. In this episode, we review Fences, Office Christmas Party, La La Land, and Collateral Beauty. Enjoy. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. A Why Watch That sneak peek. We have a treat for you, listeners. (laughs) Listen, it's no secret that the critic and I are theater buffs. We are professionally trained actors. We've acted on the theater stage. If you don't know August Wilson by now, you's about to know because we got a chance. If you don't know me by now. Well, that's not, um, you're not August Wilson. (laughs) But... We got a chance to see a sneak peek of Fences releasing uh, quite quickly in the theater near you, if not already there by this Friday, if you're on the coasts. And it is Denzel Washington not only starring in it, but he's directing it. And the screenplay is by the original playwright, August Wilson. Yes, the late and great also starring Viola Davis and among a host of other people. But those are the two headliners. And to be honest with you, they're the two front runners to really uh, make a dent in the nominations uh, for all these awards coming up. So let's see what we think about Fences. So Denzel Washington plays Troy Maxson, okay? And he is a former baseball player but in the negro leagues yeah everybody this is a set fences is set in 19 in the 1950s so before then he was a negro baseball player and there's some bitterness there about how he didn't make it to the major leagues and about the major leagues now he even mentions jackie robinson all of that stuff about how look i could probably hit them those pitchers now so that's that dude and he is married to Viola Davis's character, Rose Maxson. They have a son together, Corey Maxson. But Troy also has another son from a different mother, uh, and that's Lions Maxson. So the older son is played by Russell Hornsby, the younger son played by Jovan Adepo. So we have this family dynamic going on. Now, Rose is there to support her man. She keeps him in line. If he goes off track, she pulls him back. If he needs a little bit of encouragement, she provides that as well. He is really on his sons. His older son is a musician. 
and we know what that means. So, you know, he comes to him for money, and Troy is like, look, all you come to me for is money. That's it. And his son's like, oh, no, I'll pay you back, Dad. I'll pay you back. But the thing is, he wasn't there for his son as a father. So they have that strain in their relationship. Mm-hmm. The younger son wants to do what his father doesn't want him to do. Okay? So his younger son thinks he's going to go into sports and into all of that. And his father's like, well, look, you need to support yourself. And his son is still young. You know, he's a teenager. So we have that as well. Now, right now, Troy is a a garbage man. You know, he's a trash guy. Back of the truck. Yeah. I mean, that's what he does. And his good friend, uh, (laughs) uh, played by Stephen William Henderson, Bono, is another trash collector as well. So they have their own dynamic where they talk about women, their past lives, all of that stuff. Now, the thing is, everybody, the way that Troy made uh, some of his money, essentially the way that he's able to have a house to house his family is because his younger brother, uh, something happened in his past. I won't give this one away. Yeah, don't give it away. Something happened to him and as a result, he got money uh, in order to support him moving forward through the rest of his life. But his brother, and this is played by Michael T. Williamson. Beautifully played. Yes. His brother moved out of the house, now lives alone to get away from Troy. So there's another strain. So he's living in a house that's really his brother's house, mm-hmm. okay, that he wouldn't be able to afford without his brother's money. So we have a pile of broken dreams here. There we go. And uh, something happens at the end of this that creates an upheaval in the family. It's a big Uh, twist. (laughs) A huge one. And it really causes Rose to rethink her marriage. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all I can tell you. Wow, that's great. Now, if you are thinking, if you've seen Fences, you've read it in school, or you've seen it performed, and you're thinking there's extra scenes or something different, That is not the case. Um, The plot points are the exact same plot points that you will see in the actual play. So if you are, we just have to warn you of that. Um, A lot of people like to know, ooh, I'm going to get some, you know, different scenes. August Wilson did write it, but he did not, he adapted it. He did not add anything um, to it. He may have taken away a couple of things, but, but essentially it's the same. Yeah. Let us dive into the the matter at hand here. Mm. Um, We could talk about the direction um which was by denzel washington which it's pretty simple there's only so many rooms where he took us yeah i mean we're on the back of the truck of course when they're picking up garbage um we may be in the front of the house if there's some exchange happening there but the majority of the scenes happen in the backyard where the fences sh- or the fence should be and is being built and also in the kitchen slash living room yeah or and or living room um, so th- it's not a var- you're not um, being taken all over uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, so, so so the directing was very simple and straightforward. Um, you can talk more about that if you'd like, but I, I feel like it's it-, it was a job well done, just very simply. Yes, I agree. The performances is really what we're here to talk about. Mm. Denzel Washington as Troy. Now, if you don't know, James Earl Jones originated the role on Broadway and won his Tony for it. Mm. And it was bigger than life. If you know James Earl Jones from the stage, 
um, bigger than life, huge Troy. Denzel Washington reprised that role uh, in a revival and on the screen does a simpler job. Mm-hmm. We'll say that much. Um, because it's such a big, huge moment, Denzel chose a lot of those big, 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 big moments to pull back and internalize, which I thought worked for this big screen. Yeah. Because you have Viola Davis. Yes. Coming at you. Yes, you do. And, you know, both Denzel and Viola won Tonys as well. So this yes. is just a, a Tony-making machine. And Viola Davis, let me tell you, everybody, we all know about Viola. She's been praised and praised and praised. I think that this might be the time when they give her the Oscar. And here's why. Here's why. She really shows you the variety that she has as an actress. It's not just the in-your-face stuff that you might be expecting if you see the trailer. No, this is a nuanced portrait of a woman who has a history, who's been with this man for so long, who has her own hopes and dreams that she's funneled into him. You really get that clearly from Viola's performance, and I thought that that was a standout. I really enjoyed the cast overall, I do have to say. Um, And Yeah, very strong. And, And like you were saying, you know, in the backyard with the fence, because that's where the title comes from, where Denzel is trying to get his younger son to build this fence with him. That's the whole thing. It doesn't feel claustrophobic, though. Mm-mm. It really doesn't feel like, oh, this is too much like a play. But one other thing I do want to note, it was just nice for me to hear, to hear August Wilson's language. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yes. He is, if you know anything about David Mamet, or, or if you're just into film, Aaron Sorkin, yeah. when those writers write, there's a certain pace and rhythm. And this, August Wilson has that same pace, not same, but... um. He stamps his writing with a certain rhythm. Mm-hmm. It is, it is. He's the black Shakespeare, I would say. Yes, uh, or shake. Not even black. He's just a Shakespearean kind of like. There's a certain tone that goes with all, all of his plays. This was no different, and I really, I agree with you, critic. I appreciated that. Question at hand is: Do we go see this in the theater? Yes. Um, you want to go first? Go ahead. Uh, sure. I say go see it in the theater I didn't see it in the theater we got screeners for it but it's if if we're saying that this and to me you said it didn't feel like a play it's sort of I knew it was a play it didn't feel like a movie mm-hmm. it felt like a presentation of something which I wasn't mad at I thought it was well adapted for film but it did not feel like a film it felt like I needed when I watched the screener by myself I felt like I wanted to hear other responses because there are big pivotal moments that happen in the in the movie, especially the biggest one, mm-hmm. where you find out this information and you find out how people deal with this information mm-hmm. and what they're going to 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 choose to take or not. I liked when I was in the theater hearing the gasps and I liked feeling the tension in the room. Um, will you like Troy or not? I don't personally like him um, as a character. In that some of the choices he makes, but you understand why he makes it. And I like that um, communal agreement or disagreement. So I think you should see it in the theater. Yeah. I think you should. And it'll also work on your small screen. Yeah, I completely agree. And and not to say that you won't you won't be able to tell that it's a play. If that's 
the suggestion I made no. It's just that you're not looking at the film going, okay, well, this is just a stage play that they filmed. They mm -hmm. did yes. make some sort of changes to translate it more to uh, the film uh, techniques that we are all used to. So yes, we are saying, go out, you know, hey, take your families, as long as you don't have kids that are too young, yeah, yeah. Really, you want to watch that, but take them out to see this. This is something really like the ref is saying to see in groups because, yeah, when those moments land, you're going to feel it in the room. Yeah, well done. So, Vince's opens, um, it, it opens on the coasts this Friday, December 16th. Um, but if you are itching to see it, um, don't get a plane ticket by any means because it's opening <laughs> later on. Yeah. The 20, uh, Christmas Day. Christmas Day, the 25th. So you'll have to wait a little bit if you're on the inside of the country or outside of the country. But nonetheless, the wait will be well worth it. Listeners, the uh, critic and I got a chance. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> to catch a sneak peek of. The office, no, office Christmas party is what it's called. Yep. And you can hear in the tone of my voice that there are reservations about this review. I'll go ahead and say it on my end, but we're indeed going to review it because somebody out there will want to watch it. Yeah. Let's start with the fact that the directors, um, these are the what Blaze of Glory directors, Josh Gordon and Will Speck directed it but get how many writers and story people inputting on the stories are you ready uh, yes justin Maline, uh, Mellon, excuse me laura stalin dan mazer john lucas scott moore and timothy dowling now the last three are those who contributed to the story where the first three were those who wrote the screenplay so you've got six hands in this two directors wow and a cast full of comedians. I thought you were going to say in a partridge in a pear tree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and a dead partridge. Oh! According to the office party uh, tone. Yeah. Jason Bateman, Olivia Munn, TJ Miller, Jennifer Aniston, they're back together, Jason Bateman and uh, Jennifer Aniston, Kate McKinnon, Courtney B. Vance, I don't know how they got him to do this, but Everybody under the sun who's a comedian is in this movie. Yeah. I'm going to let the critic go ahead and give it a, give it a plot through. And I'm going to tell you what I think. And he's going to tell you what I think. Well, it's not he, much. He's going to tell you what I think. <laughs> well, not, there's not much to the plot. But the title says it all, everybody. Now, here's what's happening. Okay. We've got this company that was owned by the father of Jennifer Aniston and T.J. Miller. So they're brother and sister. Now, T.J. Miller, he's in charge of a branch in this company. And, you know, he's the boss that everyone would want. He wants you to have bonuses. He wants you to have a good time. You know, he cares about your family. He wants to give you a gift. You know, that kind of thing. Now, Jennifer Aniston, though, on the other hand, is hard-nosed, no-nonsense, I'm in charge of the board. I'm the CEO. This is not making money. No bonuses for you. No Christmas party for you. You better not even think of it. If you have a party, I'm shutting the branch down. And we're cutting staff. <laughs> yes. Uh, just I'm, I'm closing the branch. <laughs> and, and this is not an exaggeration. That is how she comes into the movie. Okay? Now, the chief technical officer is played by Jason Bateman. 
he's great at his job. And his co-worker uh, is played by Olivia Munn. And Olivia Munn has a great idea to revolutionize how we get internet access, okay? But of course she's having problems getting it to work. But this would definitely revolutionize the space and save the company if she gets it to work. Now, what happens is Jennifer Aniston says no Christmas party to T.J. Miller, but of course they have one anyway. And at this Christmas party, you well, know... Why do they have a Christmas party? Bum, bum, bum. You tell them. Why do they have it? Because Courtney B. Vance, Walter Davis, is in town. Oh. This is the top chief who, if you want somebody to come in and do business with this, you, you're going to want Courtney B. Vance on the team. That's right. And and really, if they get him as a client, they save the branch. Because the question is, are they going to keep or save people's jobs? Because the question is, are they going to keep these jobs or not? Are they going to keep the bonuses and so on in the party? So they, like you said, they try to get Courtney Vance. They try to court Courtney. <laughs> the problem is Courtney is, is done. He doesn't want to see any of these nasty businesses. He wants to work with a business that cares for its employees. And you find out why later on in the movie. But they decide to invite him to the party. Now, at this party, we have drinking, of course. We have drugs, of course. We have dancing, of course. We have sex, of course. We have people doing things that would get them killed in real life, of course. We have people outside trying to get into the party that would get themselves killed if they did that, of course. So this is one big setup, everybody, for them to come up with a bunch of crazy jokes, pranks, just crude humor. I'm just going to read what it says, uh, the rating. It's restricted R for crude sexual content and language throughout drug use and graphic nudity. That is the kind of Christmas movie you're getting here. So if you are from the bad Santa crowd, you like that kind of thing. And when we get to it, we're also going to talk about why him, which is cut from the same cloth. This is the movie for you. Uh, also, if you just want to see a bunch of comedy actors, both on the big screen and on the small screen, this is going to be it. There will be people popping up if you watch a lot of comedies. We go, oh, I know that that woman. Oh, I know that guy. That's what you have here. If this doesn't sound like your cup of tea, definitely don't go to see it. What say you, Ref? You know what? It is not my cup of tea. I'll go ahead and put it out there. Um, if you cross, you know, like you said, if you cross Bad Santa with Sisters with Animal House and bad writing, you're going to, going to have office Christmas party. Now, I know that sounds harsh, but I, I do have to say this in this review, and it's and it's no offense um, if, if you are down that kind of road, if you like that kind of humor. Yeah. If you're going to celebrate, if you're going to put Christmas in the title, and if it's going to be about Christmas, and the Christmas cheer, really, then, you know... Have something that's salvageable. Have something that's salvageable. Now, what I will say is that, you know, Kate McKinnon, put her in anything, she's going to do great. She's a committed HR sort of stick in the mud kind of of, of girl. Yes. Um, she really shines here. Olivia Munn really um, is, you know, newsroom 2.0, I guess. If yeah. you Yes, is that they like um, rated the cast of a bunch of HBO shows anyway? They did, and Jason Bateman's gonna give you Jason Bateman for some right. reason. Uh, Jennifer Aniston keeps agreeing to do these movies with him that are just sort of <laughs> a little strange. But but I have to I have I will go on record saying this: 
Hollywood, would you please deliver a little more Christmas cheer in our Christmas movies? You know, it, we're not asking for a Christmas story, and we're certainly not asking for, you know, Miracle on 34th Street. We are, however, asking for something that we can at least, if our teenagers sneak away and see a Christmas movie, that they won't be permanently scarred. Um, the debauchery that goes on on the screen. And again, this is my opinion. This is not my cup of tea. This is not my kind of show. I will never watch it again. And if if you decide to ad- be adventurous and go out on a limb, I am warning you. You may not like where you go. Okay, yeah. A- a- again, uh, is this my kind of movie? No. But I will tell you this, everybody, and we'll end it here. The woman sitting in front of me in the theater really, really loved it. And the reason I know is every joke she laughed, and I mean rocking back and forth. She talked to her neighbor about the joke afterward as well. So if this is your kind of movie, if you like raunchy, you like it dirty, you like it crazy, you don't care about the plot, you don't care whether anything's resolved, all of the threads come together, none of that cares, you don't care that it's not giving you the Christmas uh, warm and fuzzies, then definitely go to see this. They're going to throw everything, the kitchen sink, the universe, the multiverse, everything at you in this movie. So we have given you the lowdown of why to watch or why not to watch Office Christmas Party. Well, you can catch it in a theater near you. It was released December 9th. Um, If you want to go to the movies, run. If that's your cup of tea, run toward or run away. (laughs) This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Back to why watch that. Well, the critic and I got a chance to see a sneak peek at the new movie La La Land. Mm, you've heard the buzz. You've heard about it. <laughs> yes. Um, it came out December 9th to a theater everywhere. And it is a different cup of tea. It's a musical, everybody. Oh, my goodness. We haven't had many of those this year. In fact, I don't think we've had any come out. Oh, it stars Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, namely. Those are the big ones. Um, You got a little sneak in with John Legend and J.K. Simmons and others. But it's directed by, and the reason why J.K. Simmons is sneaking in there is directed by Whiplash's Damien Chazelle, who also wrote it. Yes. He directed it and wrote it. And it's a musical. And it's got Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Oh my gosh. It should be the best thing ever, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's find out. Oh, now, the music was written by uh, Damien's Harvard classmate, Justin Hurwitz, and lyrics by Benj Pasek and Justin Paul. Choreography, I do want to call out, Mandy Moore. Now, not the Mandy Moore singer-actress <laughs> who's in This Is Us. <laughs> no, the choreographer who worked for um, So You Think You Can Dance and all of that. Mandy Moore. Yeah. Mandy yeah. Moore. Mm. Now, 
<laughs> the title tells you where we are. We are in L.A., everybody. And this is about aspiring actors and musicians, that whole thing. Okay, the opening. They're on the freeway. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's not moving. It's that whole thing. So the people decide to sing and dance while they're waiting. <laughs> so this is what you get. And what I did like is how Damien used real sounds from the real world and music. Yeah, the, the way he put that together was wonderful. So the couple that's in question here, played by Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, uh, that's Mia and Sebastian. Now they meet each other on this freeway, but it's not so good. They don't even know that they're about to meet again later on. So Mia is a, an aspiring actress. She lives with roommates. She's working at a coffee shop on a Hollywood set. Okay, so she's there and. We have Sebastian, who's a jazz uh, pianist. You know, he's working for J.K. Simmons. He wants him to just play some regular old Christmas carols, please. He won't do it. He's got to throw in that spice. And, you know, he's all about old school jazz. So he has trouble getting a gig because he doesn't want to do what the gig wants him to do. So they eventually meet in this scene by the pool. Okay. And we see how their relationship progresses from there. All right. Now we get the ups. We get the downs. We get them getting gigs. We get them not getting gigs. We see the whole journey until the end where you know what happens, everybody. It's a bittersweet end. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? That's pretty good. Uh, you, you've really dodged a lot because yeah. there's that, that's a great teaser. We'll put it that way. Mm. What we will say is that, again, this is a musical. So there is singing. There's dancing mm-hmm. and there's acting. It's all three. Um, so you need to expect that. Now, we do have to talk about the performances. Now, you have yeah. Emma Stone, who um, I didn't know she could sing. And I didn't know that Ryan Gosling could sing. I didn't know they could dance. But they did. They and- couldn't until they learned how to for this movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and, and they did. And again, this is a nod to the old Hollywood MGM musicals. Mm-hmm. And so they were having to do period dancing. So it wasn't like modern dancing. And I wasn't dissatisfied with that. Um, Ryan Gosling, very much impressed with his piano um, uh, playing skills as a jazz artist. He was really playing some of those numbers. And I was like blown away by that Um, so the singing and the dancing I I will have to say um, I know we talked about this for some reason Ryan Gosling's singing was volume wise way under Emma Stone's and it was mixed very interestingly I wasn't a big fan of that but I also have to say that because it's a musical because it's the nod to the MGM era there was a lack of energy, a lack of intensity um, mm. from the two actors. Although Emma Stone really um, had some funny and humorous moments, as well as some great dramatic moments when she was even having to audition and, and different scenes like that. So overall, um, with the, those two performances, I do have to say that there was a lack of that old Hollywood nod that I was missing. But I wasn't bored by no. Yeah, and, and you know, actually, uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling brought their own experiences to the movie. So that scene when uh, the casting director is not even paying attention, you'll see it in the movie. That is based on someone's, one of their mm-hmm. real experiences. Yes. Now, um, just like you were saying, for me, and you know this, Ref, for me, 
we are in a musical, I need to get every word in those songs. That's what it's for. And like you said, the mix, it just did not do it. It's not that it was bad. I loved the music. I will say that. Like, it, I thought it was beautiful, yeah. a lot of it, especially the jazz. I really yes. enjoyed hearing yeah. that. audition song at the end. Yes. One of my favorite songs. One of my like, favorite songs out of there. Yeah, there's so much in this that's good. So, uh, but we do have to temper this. Um, you talked about the piano playing. For me, there was a missing song. I'm sorry, there was yeah. a song and the breakup. We needed it. We didn't get it. Uh, but here's what I'll say. Structure-wise for Damien in, in the movie, I really enjoyed his work. I enjoyed how he went in and out of song. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed the camera work. I, like, I enjoyed the costumes. I enjoyed the colors. Like, all of this stuff came in that worked. I loved them dancing in the stars. I thought it was beautiful. The end, that whole... Yeah, that end sequence. Was beautiful. Okay, so here's the thing, everybody. Perfect or not, doesn't matter. For me... You should go to see this in a theater with someone you love. This is a great date night movie. Get mm-hmm. dressed up a little. Go to a nice restaurant. See this. You know, you can sway back and forth. You'll smile. Uh, and all of that will happen from La La Land. Well, I'm going to take it a step further and say, if you oh. don't have someone, a significant other, ladies, <laughs> this is your chance to see Ryan Gosling singing and dancing and falling in love. It's like the notebook oh, okay. to music. Hello. <laughs> if you want to go with your girlfriends um, or even if you are a musical theater head, um, you will find some challenging points just because if you're into musicals, but you will thoroughly enjoy the um, nod to old Hollywood. You will really, really enjoy that. So again, we here at Why Watch that suggest you see it in the theater um, and you can do that. It opened December 9th it'll stay open the awards will shower it the awards um the different entities i'm sure will shower them with nominations it really will be in the forefront go see it have a good time take your significant other or your girlfriends and enjoy la la land well we have another sneak peek for you listeners we are sneak peeking all over the place i'm I'm peeked out i think my eyes are gonna fall out We got a chance to see Collateral Beauty, which opens in a theater near you this Friday, December 16th. And do I dare even talk about the cast because it's everybody you've ever loved in this cast. Mm. Of course, you've seen the posters. It stars Will Smith. Yes, he's back again this season um, with with starring in uh, the lead role in his production company. Also produced it. Doesn't hurt. Edward Norton, Kate Winslet, what? Michael Pena, Helen Marin, Naomi Harris, Kira Knightley, Jacob Lattimore, on and on and on. I mean, what a cast. It's directed by David Frankel. Yes, the devil wears Prada man himself. <laughs> and it's written by Alan Loeb, who also wrote uh, Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, and 21. This is, and it's also, I have to say, the cinematography is by Mary Say Alberti, who did Creed, which I loved her cinematography. It is a star-studded, behind the scenes and in front of the camera. Could, could this go wrong? How could anything go wrong? Well, I don't know. We'll have to see what we think. Um, 
Uh, okay. Uh, now, the synopsis before we get to that major question you just dropped. <laughs> so, uh, Will Smith plays uh, a New York ad exec. You know, he has his own company. He's very, very successful. Yeah. In the movie Charismatic. Starts, yes. The movie starts with him giving essentially a pep talk to his employees and fellow partners. And he mentions three things. He mentions love, time, and death. Okay, because, you know, everyone wants love, we don't have enough time, and everyone fears death. That's essentially the point. He wants them, his troops to get out there and go. Okay, we cut to three years later, I believe, and things have changed. Things have changed dramatically. That's right, Ref. Uh, He's now in the throes of the deepest of the deep depressions, and we find out why. Um, Now, his uh, partners... Uh, played by Kate Winslet, Michael Pena, and Edward Norton, they are not sure of what to do because they're losing clients and they might have to close shop. They might have to lay yeah. people off and, and just go. So the, And the problem is Will Smith's character because he's the, he's the linchpin. He's what these companies want, and he's not willing to do any work. He doesn't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So they devised this plan to get him out of the way so that they can keep this company going and I won't tell you exactly what out of the way means because it might not be what you think Yeah. Yes. now what happens is they discover because they hire uh, a private investigator <laughs> played by the great Ann Dowd okay? yes. you love Ann Dowd I do I do and I'm not ashamed to say it so played by the great Ann Dowd and she finds out that he's mailing letters to love time and death because a death has happened in his family. Yeah. So what they decide to do is hire three actors to play love time and death. And they are Kira Knightley, Helen Mirren and Jacob Lattimore. Okay. So the three of them come up to Will Smith and pretend to really be love time and death answering his letters and they get him to believe that they are really love, time, and death. Now, this leads into those three partners getting what they want out of the company. Okay, now, in addition... They get more what they bargained for. There you go. Because the three of them have their own issues with yeah. love, time, and death, respectively. So you'll see how this works out. So it's a lot of threes in this movie, everybody. Now... Leaving with this final point on the plot because I left her off for a reason for the end. Yeah. Naomi Harris plays a woman who's also had a loss. Yeah, she's a counselor. That's right. right. So she's a part of this group that Will Smith goes to. Of course, she welcomes him in. They develop a relationship and they share a common experience. Okay. So that may or may not be more than what you think it is. So there's the gist of it without giving too much of it away. Um, I'm just going to keep going. Naomi Harris. I'm going right here because I want to start positive. Naomi Harris, I am really enjoying watching her, Ref, and we've talked about this really for the past two years. Yeah. Um, three. Now, I'll say three. Three, that, yes. So because the first time I saw it was 28 Days Later, which was years ago, and I was like, who is that? And recently, she's now getting the work she deserves. And this is the first time that we've seen her really in a commercial film. Well, no, Spectre. Or, uh, the, 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 not Spectre, the uh, uh, 007. Yeah, she was yeah. the 
uh, the love interest. But I mean this kind of commercial film where it's really glossy, where it's really a family kind of thing. It's a holiday spirit, that kind of thing. And I think she really just nailed it. Her beats were so beautiful. Um, and I really enjoyed that from her. I think that Helen Mirren was having a great time. Let me tell you something. There are some jokes about actors there. Helen Mirren was just having a lot of fun. Yep, she was poking fun at, at her profession. Yes, she was. Um, and there we go. I mean, really, for the acting, that's what it was for me. Uh, you can talk about this. I'll talk about it as well. David Frankel as a director. He understands pacing everybody. He also understands aesthetic. Um, oh, yeah. The way that New York City looks in this film is beautiful. The night shots are beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, it's different than Prada's New York. We have to highlight that. And on this point, you know, I was talking to my brother about this film, actually, Ref, and I was describing the night scenes. And he was like, oh, like Paris in Devil Wears Prada. The sparkling lights at night. Yes, it's that kind of look. So it's beautiful to look at as well. Um, I will leave it there and let you come in before I, I go pull out my knives. Well, you know what? I um, Before you do pull out those samurais, um, I'm going to lean in and say, yes, I agree with the uh, assessment of both Helen Mirren and Naomi Harris. Stellar, stellar performances um, on different opposite ends. Um, yeah. Naomi has to play, because of her circumstances, a little more range than Helen Mirren does. But it was great. I also appreciated Kira Knightley. I appreciated her coming in. She is love. And she doesn't play love. The You, you hire her for that. Yeah. Because love could have been played either really sappy yeah. or really punchy. And she decided to ignore both of those simple interpretations. She was a real highlight for me. And plus, I missed her. I hadn't seen her in a while. It's great to see her in another holiday um, ensemble piece, Love Actually. Mm -hmm. um, being one of the, her first um, kind like that. Michael Pena, he did the best way he could with that. It was very sympathetic. Um, toward, when he get actual reveal, yeah, what his uh, issue was, mm -hmm. um, and obviously everyone else sort of, uh, you know, just filled in the gaps. I will say this about the writing: oh. you're going to be way ahead, way the story. And I usually the, the critic makes fun, but I. <laughs> figure out stories pretty pretty quickly because I'm a writer so I, I get why people use devices and things like that this one I'm no joke as soon as Helen Mirren says something very specific I figured out the whole story and from then I was able to relax lean back and just see how he unfolds it rather than watching for an unfolding mm -hmm. um, just like okay okay he did this, this is okay I expected this I expected that so my experience may have been a little different from, say, other people in the room. He didn't quite figure it out because we did hear some gasping uh, when things were revealed. And I was like, oh, wow, I was way ahead of that. And then obviously you said uh, your moment was a little different um, as well as whoever else. You just may have different points where you figured out. But you will figure it out. Unless you're not paying attention. Now, uh, there really are two reveals. Um, yes. So, yeah. So, it happens in two moments when I went, oh, I know this movie. Oh, I know the end. Like, half an hour in, I knew the whole story. The whole mm -hmm. thing. The whole reveal. Uh, and I think that the writing, I think it was cute. 
that's what I. It was challenging. You knew it was challenging when, in the beginning, you got three excellent actors. Yes. The beginning scene, you know, seeing that very initial that couldn't quite get the yes. rhythm out. Yes. Yeah, it, I mean, it was a cute concept, but poor execution. I have to say, I agree with you on Kira Knightley. Um, really, the rest of the people, as you were saying, they didn't have much to do. And I was baffled by Will Smith's performance. I have to say, I did not get it. I didn't understand it. It seemed confused to me. Um, so overall, for me, if you're clamoring for a holiday movie that has some warmth, uh, that might make you cry a bit if you want it to. Um, that's not going to offend you in any way. Then this might be the way to go. Uh, maybe. I, I really can't give my full recommend for that. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't even know if many people need to see this at all. So you have to make that call on your own. It's just, for me, it's Naomi Harris. It's Helen Mirren laughing at her uh, playing death. Kira Knightley, like you said, and the rest is either they're trying to help this out or it's beautiful to watch or it just doesn't work. I will say this. I'm speaking for middle America. I'm speaking for people who aren't going to the movies or watching a ton of movies. If you decide to go, you won't be thoroughly disappointed. You won't be offended. I'm talking about the casual moviegoer. I'm talking about the person who wants an alternative to the other holiday movies that are being offered right now, which are very few this year, which is a little surprising to me. And that's the saving grace here, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, if you also want to see actors doing a, a decent job, I mean, no one here is offensive. I wasn't quite as offended as you were at Will Smith. I just thought it was a bit much. And... Um, and I kind of, to be honest with you, ignored him a little bit and really had a good time with Helen Mirren and had a great time with, with, with Naomi uh, Harris and what she's doing and Kira Knightley and really being pulled into like the nuance of things. And then on top of that, it's a great display of New York. I will have to say that if you want to see New York at its finest, it's beautifully shot, beautiful locations. Some locations I forgot I have even visited. Yeah. Make me want to go again. I was just overwhelmed. Hats off to the cinematography and to the director and even the producers for finding those locations and making me fall in love with New York again. So again, my recommendation is if you decide to go into to see this, I think you should see it, Middle America, or just places where, uh, or, or or if you're just not that movie buff, where you don't mind things that you're willing to get past certain large, rather um, uh, prominent uh, performances that you may or may not enjoy. But if you just want to just escape into New York and a cute movie and it be touching, why not see Collateral Beauty? Yeah, and I, I don't disagree with that. Just to say, I don't disagree with that. I just had to get in some of those problems for uh, some moviegoers who might go, oh, what's going on here? So, yeah, but absolutely beautiful, like you're saying. It comes out this Friday, December 16th. You can see it in a theater near you everywhere. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.